Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Bonnie. Tonight. I have some bad news. Oh, no. It appears we have new listeners to the show. Okay. That's bad. Oh, no. A couple of my uni friends know that I do this now. Oh, okay. And have said that they will look this up. I was under the impression that we just record this in a vacuum <laughs> and that the link you've given me to upload the podcast is similar to Creed Thoughts, which is just a Word document <laughs> that they've given him. Well, on that same line of thinking, today, my friend Dylan, who I do another podcast with, he's been listening as well, and he's very interested in your rants about Marvel, so... Yeah, it's not just you and me anymore. The good news is that no one will listen to this one because who cares about Jungle Cruise, so... We had a good five years between <laughs> you and me, but now we can let people in, I guess. All right. And Ashley and Derek occasionally. But they're, they're allowed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're in our safe group. <laughs> no one else is allowed to listen. Welcome to I Only Like You in Movies. My name's Lonnie. Her name's Sinead. How are you doing, Sinead? Hi. Yep, good. <laughs> oh, we've been looking forward to this one, haven't we, Sinead? Oh, Ever boy. Since it was announced like two years ago. We've been, been had it on our calendar, counting down the days for Jungle Cruise. Just, yeah, beside myself to see an adaptation of a Chex Notes um, theme park ride. Okay, we've got to get into the movie, right? I want to talk about that first, okay? Okay. So this is a new Disney movie. It's based off a ride at Disneyland or Disney World, whatever. And everyone's like crazy about that in America. To me, does not matter. I couldn't tell you what the rides are at Disney World or Disneyland. It, it's, but it's a real thing over there, isn't it? It's like a massive. It's, it's their fairy tales, I suppose. It's their cultural identity is Disneyland. But like, the whole thing is like, oh, they're doing another theme park movie, like. What? Who? What? We don't have movies. <laughs> Can you imagine the, the Tower of Terror or whatever down here, do we? Scooby Doo roller coaster. We don't have a Luna maybe. Park bloody roller coaster. Maybe bloody we hell. should. I mean, it, it works, right? But it's all it all leaks back to bloody Pirates of the Caribbean being good, right? But yes. Think about that movie, Sine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my rant in early. Wow. I have some coming up. <laughs> That wasn't a good movie because it was based off a ride. No. It was a good movie because it was about pirates and it was fun. Johnny Depp was doing his, his business and, like, him being funny, right? Mm-hmm. It was an adventure story. That's why it was good. The fact that it came from a theme park ride, I don't think, really is the thing that we should be taking from that movie. It's like, Do you think similarly to the casting of Robin Williams where they went, oh, people like celebrity voice actors instead of going, no, people like Robin Williams? They picked the wrong thing here as well. They're like, oh, people love movies based on rides. And we're like, no, no, we like that movie for other reasons. Yeah, it's like back in the, the late 80s, early 90s when Batman, like mm-hmm. Tim Burton's Batman, went popular and people online comment now. It's like they, they, they saw that and they're like, people like movies based on pop <laughs> comic book characters from the 30s. Let's do Dick Tracy. 
let's do dark man they they went the totally opposite way like oh no let's not do superheroes again but took them another 25 years to work out yeah that you know so yeah exactly right i don't understand the whole obsession with turning every ride into something but i mean it's fine it's, it's part of the story and it's a bit of fun i suppose but i don't know it just seems like a total distraction from what a good movie should be about don't you think yeah two things firstly we're gonna sound like disney shills because we've been watching marvel films and i'm doing my disney project and now we're doing this there's some independent films coming guys i promise we're not just in disney's pocket although if we were we get paid a lot of money so maybe we should be you know (laughs) (laughs) but like the fact that disney owns all the movie studios and all the production that gets released pretty much is disney based it's kind of Mm -hmm. hard not to review them on a popular film podcast but yeah exactly i know what you mean secondly i actually follow one of the youtubers that i watch quite regularly um she and her family go to Disneyland quite or Disney World. I don't know the difference. One's in Florida, one's somewhere else. I think worlds in Florida, lands in California. Sure. Euros in Europe, Tokyo, <laughs> Japan. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, they go there pretty regularly. Um, and the husband's like a travel agent for Disney. So I'm actually watching a set of their Disney vlogs at the moment and it's so interesting, like how in it some Americans are. Like they're mm. very much, it's like you said, very much a part of their cultural identity and how they like relate to each other. It's just a theme park. No one likes theme parks. <laughs> it's hot. It's sweaty. You have to walk everywhere. Every food, like food and beverage, is so expensive. Mm. I just, I'm not on board with it. You know. Well, it's funny that everyone in online recently have been obsessing over movie world mm-hmm. the gold coast because they found out it existed yeah and i think from that that tweet that went viral it kind of seemed like it was a knockoff movie like it's a theme park someone made about movies and they just get knockoff people oh no singing and dancing it's, it's warner brothers movie world it's, it's a real thing it's kind of it's like a disneyland for us down here it's very much dc world these days it's not so yeah. much movies in general um but it's funny like everyone's talking about that and how how um i don't know like a bit daggy, I guess you'd say, here in Australia. Anyway, I, I agree with you. Theme parks, odd places. I'd still go to Disney World, though, or Disneyland. Either oh, way. totally. So I, would I. experience, but it reminds me, I had a teacher at school who went to um, New York, I think, on one school holidays, mm. um, and he told us about his trip when he got back. He went to, like, um, the big statue, Liberty, and... The big statue, Liberty. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. The big statue, comma, Liberty. Yeah, that's what their name is. <laughs> What's the problem today? Well, no, nothing. Please continue. Well, he said the thing that he realised and he was waiting in line was that other people who were there as tourists, they're all other Americans. Because mm. they don't, well, talking very generally here, he's saying it seemed to him that they were all going to see like being tourists in their own country looking at their own mm. cultural artifacts but here in australia that happens for sure people travel around but for the most part you're getting away from australia people come here overseas from from offshore to australia to see our big sites you know so mm-hmm. i think maybe that's part of the insular sort of american identity it's all about what they've got going on mm. anyway we're not talking about the movie yet so now are we well what we want to just trying to bring it back is that it's yes, based on it. a ride yeah, and apparently it was one of the first rides. It was like part of the opening was Jungle Cruise. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's been a long gestating project. Apparently um, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen were supposed to be in a movie at one point. Yeah. I guess as the, as the rock and Emily want. Listen. It may have been different back then. I don't know. Yeah, listen. Different draft. We're going to get into spoilers. Before we do, 
I it's $35 on top of a Disney membership or you have to pay to go see it at the movies. I wouldn't bother. Really, Sine? You wouldn't bother? I wouldn't bother. Not you for love, $35. You love Emily Blunt. I know I do. I know. You love The Rock. But just don't. Wait till it comes on, like, something free. And then At least free on Disney Plus. Exactly. Yeah, don't race. All right, spoilers. Well, just we had to watch it because there's nothing else to watch this week for the podcast. You don't need to tell them that. You don't need to tell them that. That could be something that we worked out behind the scenes. You don't need to say that to them on the podcast. Thank you. Okay. (sighs) All right, casting choice. What's what's wrong? Why? Why? Why who? In particular. I think we all know why who. Why Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Okay, what's your problem with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Okay, Here's my problem with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Firstly, he's too popular. He's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Never for once saw him as a character. Yeah. Number two, he does not look like the kind of man who is running, like, really cheap river cruises, like, on his little boat. He doesn't look like the kind of person to do that, okay? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Some self-awareness in the casting, perhaps. But to be fair, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks don't fit that bill either, so... (laughs) I mean, maybe they would have had more of a go at being a character rather than just being himself in the little suspenders. Number three. Yeah. No chemistry with Emily Blunt. No. The chemistry is just quick-witted dialogue? That's it. Yeah. People are saying that, like, you know, it's a bit of a CGI fest, but at least they have good chemistry. I mean, they seem like friends. They seem like friends. Then seem like someone you'd sacrifice your life for. At the end, when they, like, get together, they have a big cuddle. And it's like, oh, that's nice, they're having a cuddle. And then they kiss, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're kissing. These two people. Really? Yeah. I know what you mean. I didn't mind him when he was doing the cruise and was doing his puns and being the tall guy. Like, he's charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charming, I, I like him a lot. I think he's quite a good actor. I just mm. don't ever see him as a character, and also I think he was completely miscast. <laughs> so what do you think about all the people are saying, often comment about how he's like one of the biggest movie stars of the last 20 years, mm-hmm. but is very rarely like in a sexy role, even though he's supposed to be like a big tough guy? I haven't heard any of that discourse, but it's interesting. Yeah, there's a bit of like he doesn't, like he maybe kisses the girl right at the end, but doesn't really do much else in terms of. Mm. I think my my opinion of that is like sexy is a sexy does. Like he doesn't really do sexy things apart from like, you know, he's big and good looking and, and got big muscles and stuff, you know? Yeah. But apart from that, he kind of is very much like sexless. He doesn't really, maybe it's part of his brand or maybe it's the way that he markets himself or just him in general. Mm. He's not really a sex symbol. I'm just sort of thinking of like when Henry Cavill bulked up for Mission Impossible and people Mm. went crazy about that, he sort of leans into that sort of, you know, shirtless underwear pic sort of Mm. vibe. I don't think Dwayne does that. He's just there to have a good time and be big. (laughs) And as long as we comment on the fact that he's big in every movie that he's in, he's fine. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think, yeah, I'm not his target audience in terms of sexiness but i, I kind of feel <laughs> but like who yeah. is well that, that's the thing like what's what's i mean it doesn't have to be sexy i mean he's totally no, fine that's but, fine he can just be there yeah but like there are some movies where you're watching like there is smoldering tension between the two leads like, yes you know, not not here thinking of to like when brad pitt has chemistry like you can feel it right with other cast members i don't never really felt like that mm-hmm. with dwayne the rock johnson no but 
I and and the fact that there are some later plot revelations, which we can go into, I guess, because we're talking about spoilers. Like, what do you think of him with his little beard and his little little hair from when he was a? So, used to... but I was gonna say number four. Yeah. Bad weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> Almost on purpose, though, kind of, right? Like... Why? Why did they give him that wig? <laughs> give him a different wig. Why that one? Uh, and when did he learn an American accent? Who knows? And see, this is the thing. Like, they got a real bulky cartographer with them, didn't they? Like, is he <laughs> is he dual cartographer and bodyguard, or is he just? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he so built for a map drawer? Like, how, that doesn't fit, does it? Someone like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and a cartographer, like they don't, they're not congruent yeah. in your mind. And the, the idea that he's been there and he doesn't die and whatever, like that, that was a, a cool reveal, I suppose, but. And they were kind of foreshadowed a little bit because, like, you're like, I used to draw and I know this place. Yeah, no, I, I drew everything makes... I ever wanted to. That was good. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. And no. I, mm-hmm. I liked that. However, how does he go from being, like, the guy who starts the, the town to now being a guy who has to run away because he's got debts and, yes, you know, Paul Giamatti is, like, kind of his boss or... He's, he's if he can't die, who cares? And also the townspeople seem to know that he can't because that woman was, like, in on it. So well, She at least was, yeah. But, yeah, it, 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 I'm not sure it, it makes sense there. Maybe he's waiting for Paul Giamatti to die. <laughs> I'll, I mean, I'll wait sure. until, I mean, he's been there for 400 years and went out some fun for a couple of decades maybe, I guess. I have a logic police thing for you with relating yeah, to him. Yeah. <laughs> You know how they're on the boat towards the end and they need to go in the water and Emily Blunt needs to go in the water and she can't swim? Hmm. He can't get through the thing because he's like, people were a lot smaller 400 years ago. You are from 400 years ago. That's the whole conceit. What do you mean? What do you mean you can't fit through? Literally the reason you're giving, you should be able to fit through. But he's, yeah, you're right, because she's from now. And is he he saying he's spent those those 100 years bulking, bulking up, up? That, well no because on the flashbacks he's the same size yeah and i mean even then mate why why bulk up so much like how are you doing this in 1916 on the amazon like how is that even happening like is it part of the curse or is it just bulking up well the curse curses it, you to get muscles <laughs> I i'm looking for an explanation because <laughs> someone like he should be that big you know really mm-hmm. back in that time i guess does he eat I don't know. I don't really understand. Steve I'm not going to spend any more energy trying to think, of, think about it, okay? He drank alcohol. Yeah, that's true. He loved the alcohol, yeah. Hmm. Okay, when we move on from Dwayne The Rock Johnson to Emily Blunt. Maya One True Love, the best actress who's ever lived in the history of humankind. She's perfect. She's always perfect. I love her. Good. I love her reactions when she doesn't have dialogue. I love her reactions mm. to other characters. However... I'm a bit concerned at her being cast for this because concerned. keen fan listeners, we don't have any, I tweeted when I saw the trailer for this film mm. months ago, back when I was allowed to be in a cinema. Um, and when this first came on, I thought it was an ad for a live-action Tarzan because I didn't even know Jungle Cruise was being made, but I knew live-action Disney, like, that's continuing, unfortunately. And I was like... Emily Blunt as Jane, here for it, best yeah. casting ever. 
Yeah. And so now I'm worried that because she's been cast in this, it precludes her from being Jane in the live-action Tarzan, mm, and I'm very definitely. concerned about that. Yeah, because they did a Tarzan a couple of years ago. I think Margot Robbie was the, the female. I don't know if she was the female lead. Wrong casting, it? wrong casting. Yeah, I, I, I guess she was Jane. She'd have to be. That's not, that's not what Jane is. Jane, yeah. it's Emily Blunt in this, <laughs> like, that. that's her. That was like a Tarzan. It wasn't a Disney Tarzan. But if they do a Disney Tarzan, she'd be definitely perfect for it, wouldn't she'd she? She'd be perfect. And so well, are we not? Who would you be a Tarzan? Who would I be? Well, who would your Tarzan be? Like, Ooh. Casting. Interesting. Um, you know what? I don't really know. Maybe an unknown. Maybe someone who's up and coming. Probably an unknown, yeah. yeah. But then and you've then got Emily Blunt stardom yeah. to like, yep, yeah, got it. Okay. See, Disney calls up. We've got all these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved her in the, in the movie, like every movie, obviously. Mm. Um, I loved how her hair and makeup were perfect in the jungle. It was really nice. She like um, <laughs> hit someone, headbutted someone with her own head and her little bun stayed perfectly intact. Lovely, yeah. wonderful. I loved how the whole thing was that um, Jack Wynal as her brother had all the different clothes, but then she's pulling out different outfits all the way through. Yeah, she's still... Different hairbands and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> had a scarf good. at one point she wore over her hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like, I don't know, it must have been off screen, but when she was doing a mascara and stuff off screen, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, down below Afterwards. below the boat, you know, hmm. in a little mirror. But yeah, and it's funny, she was interviewed, I think, about this film, and people kept asking her about, is she going to be um, Sue Storm, Invisible Woman? in a fantastic four with John Krasinski because it's been like all the fans want that for some reason. I think that's weird guys. I think it's weird too. And just because they date, they, they date, they're married in real life. doesn't mean they have to be married in, in every movie role. Everybody. It's yeah. very odd, isn't it? Yeah. I guess she'd be good, but like, anyway, and she said, oh, I like some of the Marvel movies, but you know, some of them I'm getting a bit, it's a bit much, right? There's too many of them mm-hmm. and it's hard to keep track. And you know, sometimes they're not that very good. Fair enough. Right. That's a fair enough comment. I think we all agree that about Marvel. Yeah. However, Emily, at the same time, you're in this. So, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe she was should... talking about big franchises. Oh, yeah. But, like, I don't know. Don't, don't be talking shit when you're in this sort of movie, potentially. Glass houses, potentially. you reckon? Well, no. I... Oh, you know, so you could be in a movie. You can be in a movie and then say another movie's bad. That's fine. But, you know, I'm okay with her being talking shit about Marvel. If she wants to talk shit about Marvel. And she didn't talk shit overall. But it's just like... When you're on the Jungle Cruise press tour, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be talking badly about other movies. And it was an okay movie. It was fine. But like, you had a nice segue there to Jack Whitehall. Should we talk about him for a bit? Yes, we should. He's great. He's yeah, probably he's my pretty... favourite part of this movie, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I like to. I've seen him in other stuff like on British TV, and I don't know if I'm the hugest fan, but like, I haven't delved deeply into him. But I thought he was great in this, yeah. He brought a nice lightness to the role. I thought he was really funny. I thought he and Emily Blunt had nice chemistry together and they played off each other nicely. Mm. I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff, but um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. One thing I did want to raise with you, Mm. what are your thoughts and feelings and opinions on revisionist history for LGBTQIA plus people? In what context? So... He kind of comes out in this movie. Well, not comes out, mm-hmm. sorry. He comes out to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. His name is Dwayne The Rock. I don't even know what his name is. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And then he's like, I loved this man. My family disowned me and everything. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne's like, oh, that's good. And offers him a drink and then, like, mm-hmm. he's fine with it, right? I'm not saying that I want, you know, representation of these people to be 
an exact mirror of life and for them to have to relive their hardships and maybe like I'm not part of that community and if these people would like you know this alternate world where they were accepted and and it's a movie and you're totally allowed to have that but I'm just thinking logically he's in what the early 1900s in London speaking to a 400 year old Spanish guy Mm. was homosexuality really accepted in that context and if not that's okay if that's what you're doing but I just I had trouble I guess delineating between which bits you wanted to be period appropriate for example you make such a big deal out of Emily Blunt wearing pants it's like a major plot Mm. point in the film but then you want sort of revisionist history with more of the weighty topics so and it almost felt to me like you didn't want to engage with it at all so we'll just have Jack say, yeah, I'm gay, and Dwayne be okay with it. And, oh, yay, good for us. Tick, we've ticked the, the gay category box, you know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt the same. I was thinking of, I don't know what it was now, but I was an article online I read a little while ago, um, and it was about that. This idea we set things in the past mm-hmm. in times of, of um, conflict. I think it was more about like civil rights um, mm-hmm. movies from like the 50s and 60s or set in the 50s and 60s where it's all about how you're dealing with racist elements in society. Mm. But it's okay because all our white heroes, they're cool. They're not racist. Yeah. And it kind of it presents the idea that, um, well, like I'm not saying there weren't non-racist people back then, but we kind of ignore the fact that there were people who in other contexts would have been okay people, but living in a racist society, of course, they held racist views. And yeah. you could go back in time, like, most people weren't woke until, like, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not necessarily their fault if you're living in early 1900s um, when homosexuality is a crime. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I, I felt the same thing. It's just like, oh, it's nice that this guy, that Frank, Dwayne Rock Johnson's character's name, is cool with it and we can just move on because yeah. right, I felt a bit box-ticking. But again, at the same time, I don't want him to be necessarily homophobic and then to have that. No, thing. obviously yeah. that's not a better option. I'm just wondering, like... Well, don't throw it out there if you're not going to engage with it, I think, and yeah. that, that's what it kind of felt like. It was like... We'll, we'll we'll sort this out and we'll get some some good brownie points for mm. for showing a gay character our latest first Disney gay character. Yeah, there's been so many of them. Oh, each each one's the first, and each one's the first to say certain things and the first to kiss each other, and then you know we just cut that out when it gets released internationally. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't mind it, but also I'm not I'm yeah. huge on that. And there happens some pushback, the fact that Jack Waddle isn't gay in real life, but that's a whole other topic, isn't it? Yeah, that representation and who yeah. plays, yeah, who tells whose stories. But the one thing I'll say is that he he first presented as a kind of foppish um, guy. He's got all his luggage and he doesn't seem like someone who can make it. In the, but then he holds his own with some of the, yeah, he like, does. the boxing and stuff. So I think that was like... The other thing is we all kind of knew he was gay, right? Like there wasn't really, it wasn't a reveal when he was no. telling Frank that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's like, it's good with saying it this way, but is it worse to just gloss over history for the sake of us being getting some granny points? Yeah. This is the point we're trying to get at. Yes, I think, yeah, you've articulated it better than I did. Um, Moving along in the casting. Hello, who's next? The one and only. (laughs) The one reason we maybe thought it was okay to watch this movie. What are you talking about? Jesse Plemons. He's, man, I love him so much. (laughs) I'm not the first person to say this, but boy, oh boy, is he Philip Seymour Hoffman's predecessor. Yes. Like just. Successor, maybe. Sorry. Yes. Successor. Yeah. <laughs> and he played his son in The Master. So. Oh, he's perfect. Yeah. I saw someone, I was re- watching the, the pitch meeting um, for Jungle Cruise, which is mm-hmm. yeah, pretty funny, obviously. Um, and one of the comments was, okay, we've got a, we've got a basically Nazi character. Can we get, and like, can I get Matt Damon? Almost. I okay. I don't get why people. What? I don't see it. I don't see it. Cute, I think more. Okay. Back like first go round of Breaking Bad potentially, but yeah, definitely Philip Seymour Hoffman vibes now. Mm. He Jesse gave me real Christopher vibes from Barry. I don't know if our listeners have watched Barry. If not, if you haven't watched Barry, firstly, what are you doing with your life? Second, go to where can they watch it? Watch it on Binge down here, I think. Binge. Immediately. Incredible, perfect, wonderful. Chef's kiss. Real Christopher vibes with the accent and with mm. the sort of, you know, slightly unhinged way of talking about things. Yeah. So we're, we're in World War One, but he's playing a Nazi, basically. Like, uh, Yeah. Sure, <laughs> Listen whatever. to us. And he's great. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny that it's like every German bad guy in period is a yes. Nazi. No matter if they're not really a Nazi, they're basically playing a Nazi. Why does he want the... the the tears of the moon or whatever. Who knows? Evilness, sure. Um, yeah, the bit where he's like... Well, he he thinks that it him. can help them win the war, but I'm not sure how he... the other steps to get there. Yeah, they didn't really get that. And the same throughout the whole movie, side point, but it's all like, oh, we we, we couldn't find the place without the arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And everyone's talking about for like, I don't know, a good hour and a half of the movie. And but no one explained to me why the arrowhead was important until they got there. But like, you did need the arrowhead to find the place on the map... Because you did that independently of having the arrowhead. Mm-hmm. The arrowhead helped you when you got into the little box thing, but not before. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't think about it anymore. <laughs> Don't expend any more energy. Uh, but the bit where Jesse Plemons was um, eating three peas on the fork. Wasn't yeah. that perfect? Well, he was just doing that. They were just like, they happened to like be on the camera at the same time. He's just doing that. He does that. He's actually, that's person. just how he eats in his house. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. With, with him, him and Kirsten, you know, they're just throwing it. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell my parents. No, I don't. He would murder you. You'd walk into the kitchen and he'd be there just with a cold glass of milk. Hello. <laughs> and then you'd be like, "Hi." And you're like, "You haven't gone to sleep yet." And we'd be like, 
No, we're just getting a snack. Oh, good. He's terrifying. He's he would be terrifying. Though. He would murder you in his own home. Yeah, and you wouldn't even be mad, but you're like, I expected this. Of course. <laughs> of course. No, he's good. He's, he's a great performer. And he sort of... He doesn't act almost, does he? He does almost non-acting. But even in, like in this one, it's a bit different because he's playing a villain in a Disney movie for sure. But He does a great uh, job of playing quiet characters, yeah. Yeah, just in, in himself almost, mm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked him. Um, the villain and, and the whole the plot and everything, it doesn't matter really. It's just a bit of a no. fun ride. But <laughs> I, but I think that Paul Giamatti didn't need to be in this. No, didn't need him at all. But, you know, was, he's always... Oh, he's good, right? Well, he's always welcome. It's him, right? Yeah, but it's Paul Giamatti. You know, he's got a gold no. tooth. He's having a nice time. Yeah, I guess. In his white linen suit and his fedora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This bird. There was a real like. It's hard to not not to compare it to pirates because of the sort of uh, beginnings of the production, I guess. But yeah. there is real pirates of the Caribbean vibes with this. Mm. Like in the beginning, when Emily's stealing the arrowhead in the sort of what is it museum artifact sort of room mm. huge pirates vibes like when orlando is um he's in like the stables yeah. or something, or something. Finding yeah. Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. like that was yeah really evocative yeah. of that and then similarly we had a stab and then the guy didn't die we had that in pirates as well they stabbed mm-hmm. Johnny Depp, and he's got the piece mm-hmm. of the gold so he doesn't die there are a lot of parallels <laughs> um yeah. and this actually happened in the pitch meeting. They talked about this, like, it's all in the water. Yeah, water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adventure story. It's a thing, like, you know what it's about, don't you? You know everything's going to happen. You sort of... Yeah. You know what you're in for. It's not, it's not there to surprise you or exhilarate you, really. And it kind of just... I think in its best moments, it was reminding me of other movies, like Pirates, like Indiana yes. Jones. Like, it was kind of give me those vibes. And it's not quite as good as them, so... No. But you don't think it's going to be, so it's all right, I guess. Shall we talk firstly about the ridiculous ending? So (laughs) Emily's got this one flower, right, this one flower from this tree of life that's going to cure all these illnesses, it's going to put us into the next century, like we can do anything Mm. we want with this flower, and she gives it to Dwayne to bring him back to life. Firstly, against his wishes, he said he wanted to rest, he said he was done against his wishes secondly you could have cured cancer and you've just given it to some guy i know you could literally like find the cure of all these illnesses and save billions of people mm-hmm. but no we want to keep the 400 year old guy around because he is good they, they fell in love. <sighs> i didn't see it i didn't see them fall in love well before that though they were like the whole time were like oh this woman infuriates me and then she's like oh you're the most annoying man ever i'm like is he? He's fine. You're fine. Like, you're not really that annoying to each other, are you? Yeah. And therefore, they fall in love straight away. I'm like, oh, like, okay. Telling instead of showing. Yeah, like, very much so. I'm like, you don't want the rock to die, so it's okay. But yeah. It, it, like, he sacrificed himself for no reason then if you're just going to bring him back. Exactly. Like, uh... narrative stakes or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've gone as long as we can without addressing the CGI. <laughs> okay. Hello, person who is in charge of Disney now. Hi, it me. Um, quick cue for you. Um, you have a lot of money, trillions, billions of dollars. Um, why does the CGI look bad? 
I don't understand this. Like most of this film is shot on a soundstage, right? Very obvious that it's shot on a soundstage. Did they put all their money into the snake man and the frog man and the bee man and then just have none left over for like background or like they've gone really cartoony as well with their CGI, which is probably a better way to go rather than leaning more towards Uncanny Valley. But it's just... I don't really know how it works, right? But there's got to be like a formula that they've got. They're like, we think this movie's going to make this much money mm-hmm. and we have to get the CGI to look to a certain degree so we don't get laughed at. Mm-hmm. And it'll sp- we have to spend this much money on it to make it all profitable. Mm. Because yeah, you're right. Don't they make billions of dollars on these movies? Couldn't they? And they couldn't. They, it's they not could like a little as, as, indie as as film. <laughs> yeah, and they could spend as long as they want making it. They don't mm-hmm. have to do it in a year. Like they no. could do it in five years they wanted to. So, yeah, theoretically, they could do that. They could so, make why it is it bad? Why does it look like a soundstage? Well, I, I just think it's, it's just like they'll know they, they know their profit margin enough that they can like we'll spend a million dollars on this and a million dollars on that and then we'll get it to a point where it looks fine but you're right it doesn't look that good does it looks stupid looked a bit like in the background it was a bit gray and the lighting was... as well was like really weird because it was you know artificial on a soundstage and then hmm. there's a bit where they're on the boat or something and jesse Fleming's like turns around and the light's coming from a completely different angle to what it was coming at before mm. i also thought the editing was really bad in this and by bad i mean i noticed it like the first mm. um scene where Dwayne's taking the tour along the river and he's got all these like you know mechanics set up to make it seem more dangerous than it is we cut to water like really weirdly and then cut back before he explains what the water is and it's it was like the cuts were interjecting his speech, but they were really oddly placed that it just completely ruined Jarring. it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as I always say, editing that you notice is bad editing because you're not supposed to notice it when it's really good or it's supposed yeah. to help the story. Same. Again, that was another weird thing where I was like, surely you guys know how to edit a film. Like, what's going yeah. on here? What's happened here? Yeah. It's not top tier, is it? No. It's fine, but it's not top tier. I will say it's it's fun. It's enjoyable. I enjoyed myself. I didn't, like, hate it agonisingly. Mm. I thought it was – it's not great. Like, we're not kidding ourselves. But if you're just going in, if you've got kids and you're just going in to have a fun time, I think you'll have a fun time, possibly yeah. because it evokes all those other films, like you said before. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would have liked it a bit more if it was maybe 20 minutes shorter because it – Guys, it's two hours and nine minutes long. Not necessary. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Once, (laughs) one scene in particular, when they're trying to leave the harbor, Mm -hmm. and it took them like that felt like half an hour just getting out of the um, out of their bloody base. I'm like, come on, guys, it gets gets moving. We're almost there. I know. I know. Anyway, (sighs) the the cat. Yes. Proxima. Best character. Yeah. Huge fan. Amazing. Wonderful. (laughs) 10 out of 10. She just gets drunk and then vomits and then falls asleep. (laughs) Yeah. Don't know about that. When he needs help, she comes in and they have a fight and pretend fight and she gets steak. Pretty good. I I did like that. That was her little treat. I loved it. Um, Do you care for the jungle as a concept? No. No, me either. It's not really interesting (laughs) to me as a setting, personally. No, I've... I've... (sighs) Anyone who knows me knows that I have an aversion to bugs and um, jungle seems like a pretty, you know, right playing ground for bugs. And so 
don't like snakes, don't like spiders, and there are a lot of snakes and spiders in this film. There are a couple of jump scares as well with snakes. Mm. Not mm -hmm. here for it. Not mm -hmm. here for a face made out of snakes. Not here for them coming towards me also, at the camera. You're like famously um, attractive to mosquitoes, aren't you? So they love me. Yeah, you have mm. no, you have no luck on the bloody Amazon. No, I'd be terrible. Mm. Maybe I am Jake Whitehall's character. <laughs> well, I did think when he brought all his, his uh, luggage. Excuse me. Oh, what? Excuse me. <laughs> you never know what you might need, and it's nice to have options. His big bag of toiletries. <laughs> Putting on his night cream. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Okay. Um, one last thing I'll say about Emily Blunt. Mm. Thinking about this, seeing it um, in kind of quick succession after seeing Black Widow. Mm hmm we missed a trick there, didn't we? Because she was almost Black Widow, Sine. Yeah. I'm kind of glad she wasn't. Maybe that's why she hates Marvel so much, because she got passed up for the role. Maybe. <laughs> and I, I think we've, we've had better, fine movies without her, because she maybe wouldn't have been able to do Quiet Place and Edge of Tomorrow and other things over the last mm. decade. But I don't know. Some of the problems I think we have with Scarlett Chance's performance, theoretically, I would say... Emily Blunt would have been better. But she just has so much, like, I don't know, charisma and, like, mm. the choices that she – Yes, yeah, so much life. Like, she's there's a tiny little thing where she's closing a door, right, but she wants mm. it to be quiet and not make a noise. And so when it makes the click where the barrel, bolt, goes into the lock, she, like, holds one eye open and, like, sort of half cringes. And it's mm. like – I don't know whether that's the direction or whether that's her. I'm inclined to think it's her because she does that a lot in performances where she has these mm. little reactions and moments that aren't written into the script, but she's, yeah. I don't know, just adds so much to it, like really lifts it off the page. I, I love her so much. Yeah. I think you should push the Quiet Place movies. Yeah, I'm... I'm you get there. You love them. You love John as well. I know. I'm a huge fan of John. I need daylight and... Mm. I need to be able to pause and I need to have my back against a wall so no one yep. can come and scare me. Holding two knives. And I just need to be <laughs> <laughs> I need to be prepared. Yeah, okay. I want to see it. I just They're both good. <sighs> and I think I was going back to what you said before about them at the end for some reason she brings them back to life and they go back to London. Like, wouldn't that be more interesting than the jungle? I'd love to see him getting into mischief with her just doing stuff. But that's essentially Pokemon just too. Like, I oh, I just, I'm saying the jungle stuff wasn't very interesting to me. Yeah. I think them as characters going on adventures but not being lovers would be better for me. Lovers. Yeah. No. They no, they're not. Lovers. No, they don't, they don't do that. What do you think of They the sleep weird... in separate bedrooms, okay? <laughs> <laughs> think of the weirdly sexual scene where he has a knife stuck in him, the sword stuck in him, sorry. And it's all like, you got to take it out. Oh, oh and Jack Whitehall's character is like, you want me to pop around and give it a wiggle? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Isn't that weird? I think that was there for the adults. No. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. What are you rating this? Uh, out of five. I guess like two and a half, three, somewhere in there. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it two and a half. It was fun. It, it's not good by any... 
no. any like, criteria. You know what you're getting in for, so like you can't be disappointed. If you go in thinking this will be fun and then watch it and then never think about it ever again, you'll have had a nice experience. So pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I just want to say Emily's a interesting name, isn't it? It's name. What does that mean? Oh, you know, Emily, cool name for a character. Oh, you got me. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> no, because your sister's name is Emily. So I was like, what What do you mean? And then it didn't click and then it clicked. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Emily in Paris. Coming soon they, they finished season two filming it. So it'll be coming out soon. Great. Everyone get ready. Can't wait. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, and if you're a new listener, especially, thank you for coming on board. Five years in. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it'd be great if you could spread the word. If you like this, tell your friends. Um, get in touch with us on via Twitter. And or just don't. You know, you can just listen to it and not tell anyone. That's fine. Just, just message Sinead directly and no, tell her what you think of what she I says and her rants. And prefer not. Her pins and wigs and things like that. So. <laughs> but it's fine. Coming soon. We know what's coming up next. Obviously, now we've got some Superman Lois mm-hmm. recap for season one. We can get some film from a Melbourne International Film Festival, which is all online because Melbourne can't buddy take a break from getting locked down. Lockdown 6.5, baby. Yeah, loving it. Um, and then I guess other stuff, if anything else is available for us to watch because it's very difficult when the world is um, got COVID. It almost feels like the pandemic didn't take into account our podcast enough. Um, and I just really appreciate it if they could show a little consideration next time. Thanks. <laughs> well, when we'll, when Snake gets let out, we're going to watch Suicide Squad because I've seen it. We've got a special guest lined up to review it with us, but it might take a little while for Snake to be able to. The movie already exists. You can't pretend the movie doesn't exist. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do I mean? There's a movie. There's a movie called Suicide Squad. It happened. Okay? This you can't pretend it didn't happen. Suicide oh, Squad. no. No. Get out of here. No. Not standing for it. Okay. That will be a very passionate review, I'm sure. All right, well, get your, get your rants ready. <laughs> you haven't even seen it, you've got one already. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Emily in Paris. No, you, you get one per episode, okay? Okay. That's it. All right, okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.